Welcome to the Trades Podcast, a podcast about the business of home improvement and promoting the trades to young adults. In this podcast, we talk with business owners, educators, and professionals about the benefits, skills, and related experiences of the home improvement business. Tips to help you with being successful from entry into the trades or established business owners. In this podcast, we hope to influence some young adults that the trades as a career is a great option leading to full and prosperous life. I'm Danny Torres, an MC, DJ, and podcaster, inspiring young adults by shining light onto career opportunities in our world today. And I'm Jeff Mudd, home improvement contractor, writer of the Millionaire Carpenter series, and podcaster. Stay tuned to 15 to 20 minutes of insightful tips. That's right. Happy days, everybody. This is the tradespodcast.com. I am DJ Danny. And I'm Jeff Mudd, contractor. That's right. Podcasting here in the BBB Ignite Studios right here in San Diego, California. But we do have a special guest. He's over here on Zoom. Right now we have Chris with Legacy Dex. Chris, how you doing? Hey, doing great, guys. Appreciate you having me on for sure. Awesome, awesome. Well, let everybody know uh, uh, who you are, Legacy Dex, and um, you know wh- where you're uh, recording from. I know you're calling from over Zoom. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I am in uh, Greenville, South Carolina currently. And uh, I'm originally from uh, Detroit area of Michigan. So I'm kind of a transplant from up north down south. And uh, I own a company called Legacy Decks and Outdoor Living. Um, we do exactly that. We build decks, we do outdoor living spaces. Um, we we kind of pride ourselves on being very innovative, um, creating a great customer experience, and uh, just overall uh, kind of elevating the status quo inside of the, the trades, if you will. Um, I'm a tradesman at heart, though. Like I, I didn't start off and just decide to start a company and, and go out there. Um, I grew up around it, um, was you know riding shotgun with my dad when I was eight, nine years old. And uh, he was he was a builder uh, by trade, but a, a fireman uh, as a career, if you will. And so I just, you know, was always used to being out there, getting my hands dirty and, and learning how to do things. And uh, I think, you know, as it relates to, you know, your your platform here and speaking to the trades, um, that's that's ultimately how I got into it. Like uh, I had a specific set of skills and um, uh, took those skills and decided, hey, you know, I, I could probably do it a little bit better than uh, the guy I was working for at the time. And and there's kind of a low point of entry uh, there can be inside of uh, starting a business like that in the trades. And so like a lot of guys out there, I was, uh, or a lot of guys that are probably listening to this, like I was really good at one particular thing, which, you know, being building decks and uh, decided I'll start a business. And now all of a sudden I realized uh, like a lot of people probably will, like uh, I had to get good at like 12 other jobs too, because now I've got a business, not just a, a trade that I'm good at. Yeah. So um, we can dig deeper inside of that, but that's a little bit about my story. Um, you know, went through a lot of the, the hurdles and the struggles of, of, of starting my business out. Um, but in the end, uh, you know, uh, I think the, the drive that I had to learn my trade um, transferred into the drive to grow my business. And, and that's kind of where I find myself right now is I, I have a team around me and uh, I'm not just that, uh, that, that tradesman, at, at heart. And I've got actual business that I'm running. So uh, Deckmasters is about six years old now. Um, I had another company prior to that for about nine years doing very similar things. It wasn't as niche specific. Um, I was a renovation contractor. We kind of did all things to all people. We'd build a fence one day, build a garage the next day, might even build a couple of houses here and there. So, um, you know, I think a lot of people can probably relate to that. You know, sometimes you just got to be willing to do whatever it takes to make the money. So, so that's, that's a little bit of background on me. 
So one of the things I picked up on your uh, uh, story, how you got into it, Chris, yeah. and I think that's a missing component in today's society, is you grew up working with your dad off and on, learning how to do different types of construction, whatever projects he was doing. You said he was a firefighter? Yeah. yeah. So whatever he was doing on the side to earn extra money and build a, a, a life for his, him and his family, um, you got sucked into that. Um, doing ride-alongs, learning some different skills and stuff. Um, as we've come along society, the next step for a lot of people was uh, uh, woodshop in high school or yeah. junior high school. Yep. And a lot of that's yep. gone away. So it's really the same thing. At an early age, you've been exposed to which end of the hammer do you hit your thumb with? Um, you know, <laughs> which end of the, the rake do you put down so you don't hit yourself in the face? Yeah. You know? So there, there's a lot of good lessons that you learn at an early age. Uh, whether you've worked with your family or you've gone, been exposed to it in high school. So hopefully the schools, I think, are turning the corner, but that is a big boat to turn. Yeah, so. do, do you mind going into that a little bit more, just seeing, like, how important was that to you, uh, being able to go through that with your dad? Um, well, I mean, you bring up a good point. Like, I never even thought about the fact that, like, the the whole age of, like, wood shop and, those, and, and, you know, the mechanics and things like that, like, a lot of that is kind of being phased out for whatever reason, at least it, it, where I'm at locally. But how important was it? I mean, hugely important. Like, I was able to um, basically uh, follow alongside uh, someone doing what I, what I long term would end up doing myself, right? So my dad was building houses, he was renovating homes, he was dealing with, you know, the customers that were, you know, became lifelong friends for him. And, and I just kind of it was modeled to me. And I think a lot of it, that's, that's one of the main important things for me, I think was like having someone that could be an example of it, uh, but also show me along the way how to actually accomplish it. But I, I also can remember now that I think about it, it's been a long time, but I remember my woodshop teacher and, and going through those things in school and, and it just reinforced what I was doing on the weekends with my dad. And so that was probably, I wouldn't be where I am today if it weren't for that like hands-on experience with, with someone, you know, I ultimately was an apprentice to my dad for a long, long time. And that led into me, you know, growing into where I am now. So just a huge amount of benefit inside of that. So I don't know that I could have gone to a, through a college program or even a high school program that would have gotten me to that point um, without that, that core mentorship, if you will, from my dad. So absolutely. Yeah. The psychology behind of the gratification of using your hands to make something beautiful. I mean, you as a business owner, you as an apprentice under your dad and all the guys in between that you have working for you, I'm sure experience that on different levels. You know, they complete a project, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the feeling of their hands producing something is lost, uh, Last feeling for a lot of people in this country. Yeah. 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 Trust me. Um, I had that feeling of when I built that jewelry box in wood shop, I feel I can still, you know, build a house off of that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm Absolutely. just kidding. But uh, it, it's super, I mean, it's great to hear, you know, that you went through that experience of getting your hands on and, you know, just uh, like you said, uh, a lot of knowledge was passed along to you by going to these woodshop classes and also going on the weekend to help your dad out with certain projects and how important it was for you to get to this point of only, you know, starting out with um, what kind of career you wanted to go into um, and ultimately the business that you grew uh, with legacy decks. Um, what type of recommendations for young adults would you kind of, um, you know, say, you know, that they want to implement in their life possibly because 
frankly, obviously, they're not getting enough exposure to these type of trades or these type of skills and knowledge. Uh, what kind of recommendation mm-hmm. would you kind of, uh, you know, recommend for kids out there nowadays? Yeah, sure. I mean, I was in a unique situation with, you know, being in the family business, if you will. And so for, for those that don't have it, but still have that desire to get into the trades, um, I think it's important to, to seek out the right mentorship. So whether that's a, a, a someone in the family or a job that you could get, I think mentorship is a, is a huge piece and played a huge role inside of what I was able to accomplish with myself. Um, and not only, you know, not only are you learning a trade, I think some, one of the big values with today's trade businesses is that, you know, they're not, they're not these huge multi gajillion dollar companies, right? You've got, most of them are small businesses, less than $10 million, let's say. And so as a young person, I'm thinking back to like 16 year old, 18 year old Chris, um, if I was exposed to that, even if I'm just coming in and sweeping floors or riding shotgun as a, as a, you know, a, a helper cleaning up job sites, I'm not only learning a, a trade that'll be hugely valuable long-term, but I think an intangible thing that, that people miss out on is the opportunity to see behind the curtain of a small operating trades business, right? So I look at my team now and the exposure that they have to see how we make decisions, how we do even the most basic of things as far as how we do estimates, how we do um, warranty claims, how do we answer our phones? Like there's a, there's a huge value, not just in learning the trade itself, because I think a lot long-term, these, these, these young adults that are gonna be learning a trade not only need to be able to know the trade, but a lot of them I think have a lot of ambition towards larger things, which I think is part of, that's another topic as far as the struggle that we're having to find help right now is they want these big, big uh, lofty goals inside of business or career, but they, they, some of them might be a little unwilling to go through the, you know, the trenches to get there. So, so I think if we could open up to, to show the the full opportunity, not only are we going to teach you how to build decks and build outdoor living spaces, but you're going to be exposed to our full team. Like we have weekly meetings where we analyze our goals and we look at what are are the things we're going to do this quarter inside of our business to grow the business. They're literally watching my business grow uh, from the inside as a witness to it, which, which would give them an opportunity to someday go off and, you know, either lead inside of my organization at a different level besides just necessarily swinging a hammer or, you know, there's a ton of gratification out of that. But a lot of them, I think, have ambition to go beyond that. And so that's, that's kind of an intangible thing. So if I were to, you know, try to communicate to someone that's listened to this, like the value inside of finding mentorship, number one, um, but then finding a company that you, a company or a family member, whoever it may be, but ideally a company that has good culture um, and uh, is small enough to where you're going to see the nitty gritty of the day to day. Does that make sense? Does that- the, the, be, being involved in the uh, the company on different levels for uh, um, somebody getting into the any business, whether it's construction or not, um, as opposed to the McDonald's or the Henry Ford yeah. mentality that you take the least amount of skill possible to pay the least amount of money to create the assembly line uh, right. productivity for higher profit. So when you come into a small business and the business owner is directly there, you know, maybe not every day, but he's there during the week. They see the goals that the processes that you uh, business owners set up, I think is huge to a young adult. I I remember one time it had to be over a decade or so ago. And 
we, we had a $50,000 job, I think it was, and the uh, 19-year-old found out, 50000 oh, man, this owner must be rich, you know? <laughs> they had no idea about all the other, co- oh, you have to have insurance. You pay for the shop, you know, the shop, yeah. oh, marketing, how much does that cost? Yeah. You know, and you, so if they're involved in a business on a um, different levels, it allows them to see the different cost and the different efforts and the, the yeah. sleepless nights <laughs> sometimes yeah. that you have as a business owner to, to build yep. that business. Yep. So. Well, and, and I don't know how other entrepreneurs do this, but me personally, as I'm trying to grow my team and, and, and bring people in to learn the trade, you know, I, I expose them to things like the numbers, like you're talking about, Jeff, and at a level that maybe some companies wouldn't do. But let's say, for instance, you know, my company and, and a lot of trades companies probably are in maybe high single digits, low double digit profit margins, let's just say 10%, right? Yeah. I actually will do an exercise with my team where I will take and, and, and take a dollar, I'm sorry, I'll take $10 and I'll, I'll divide it up. Okay, $6 go towards cost of goods and, and payroll and $3 go towards uh, overhead and the building and the trucks and all those things. And that leaves, that leaves what? $1 left, right? This one dollar, this is like the profit of the business. So you see, you see a job that might be a hundred thousand dollars, right? But if you're only keeping ten percent of that, right? There's ten thousand dollars. Well, let's say we have a mistake on the job that costs us eleven thousand dollars. Like, essentially, we did that job for free, right? Anyways, I use that example just to say, like, those are the types of conversations that we have in, yeah. in my conference room, and you wouldn't get that um, in your average, you know white collar, you know, career path, if you will. So. Yeah, absolutely. Just another example. We do the same thing. Uh, you're running on a 10% margin and then you take the credit card for the final payment of, or the, for the yeah. whole job. Oh, wow. You lose 3%. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. 3% just out the door. Yeah. You know? yep. yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. And, and I but think that those has are to again, do intangible things that, yeah. that, you know, people get exposure to when they're inside of that, that um, ecosystem of a small trades business. It, it's huge. It, it, it sets the stage for somebody to go uh, farther in life, either as their own business owner or being a better employee for right. either you or somebody yep. else. Yep. Yeah. That has to do a lot with, like you mentioned it, culture. Culture is huge right now, Spe- even specifically for the younger generation where, um, you know, like you mentioned, it's not, it's, it's not marketed I don't think it's as popular for businesses to run it as a assembly line where it's just going to be streamlined for profits and especially for mm-hmm. employees, as we've seen with this, um, the great, uh, uh, you know, Re- resignation, resignation that everybody's leaving their jobs and changing <laughs> different careers. It's huge. The culture of how you interact with your employees, especially if you are the boss on a small business of a trades company, you know, seeing them, uh, uh, you communicate with them about certain jobs or even being hands-on is huge. And um, I mean, and you, you had mentioned it that you, you think mentorship is huge for young adults. And even you explained it a little bit more on uh, specifically with your company on how you interact with your employees and how you include them in those processes. Can you kind of go a little bit more into your training programs um, and possibly what a new skilled worker would kind of go through in, through legacy decks. Yeah. And, and I'll give a disclaimer, like we by no means do this perfectly and, and it's a constant <laughs> evolving thing, right? Yes. Because training is so important. 
Um, but uh, we're, we're in the process right now of, uh, of implementing a, an LMS, a learning management system, learning management software, whatever you want to call it, um, so that we can actually document through video and audio all of our processes and actually sit someone down. I'll, I'll compare it to like when I used to, I had a job at Lowe's when I was early 20s, right? And when you get a job at Lowe's, and I imagine a lot of other companies like that, they sit you down at a computer in the back HR room for like a day and a half. And you watch videos on how to run a forklift and how to how to wear your vest and you know like all these things and yeah. it seems it seems silly right but but if it was applicable to the job that you have like like i'm trying to do right now so we're, we're in the process of creating something like that not to say it'll be at the level of lowe's or walmart or whatever but but we're, we're trying to document all of our processes inside of how do we run a sales appointment um, i'm in the process right now of hiring uh, we just hired a third salesperson for my team. And so they're going through a, a specific process of how do we run an appointment? What do you say when you actually meet with the customer? What are the documents you go through? What are the photos you show them? Um, what are the measurements that you have to take? So that's that's part of the sales training process that we go through. Now, in addition to teaching them that, we actually will have them shadow for the first three months, my sales manager or another salesperson, even myself at times. So as far as the sales training process, that's that's pretty much the process there. Um, we sit them down and we, we teach them how to do the designs that we do and the estimating and implement this or integrate them into the softwares that we utilize. Um, so again, we don't have all of that figured out at this point. Right now, we've got a, a, a lot of like flow charts and things that explain our project management process. This is the first thing we do. And it's, you know, 42 steps to get to the end of a project. And so we walk them through that. But right now, a lot of it is going to be hands on where they're just out there in the field with whoever might be leading or guiding or mentoring them. Um, and then the back end support is the documentation, whether it be in, in written form or video form, like we're trying to do. Um, but I think there's, there's, you can't really substitute the value inside of like riding shotgun with somebody and going on 32 sales appointments or riding shotgun and going out to a project and, and walking through the, the, how we're going to build what we're going to build as far as project management goes. Absolutely. So um, again, I said, we don't have it all figured out, but um, a, a lot of it just comes down to like one-on-one -on -one mentoring and how driven is the person that, that, that we hire in to participate inside of that. So. Well, you've also created a chain where if there, if there is questions, there is yeah, problems, uh, how, how do they get those answered? It's not like, well, we trained you and figure it out, you know? So <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a big step. Congratulations, Chris. Yeah, that's 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 a great yeah. technology that you're implementing for um, for you know your new workers and like you said for the unskilled ones where they're just going to be hands on where it's important to be on the field. Yeah, um, that's that's huge. <clears throat> and um, say you know uh, I don't know too much on the legacy decks area of the technology side, but um, what what kind of things could say uh, someone that has been in the industry going to legacy decks see a little bit different on the on that technology side sure yeah so we really pride ourselves on on having technology that's that's number one serves a purpose it's not just there to be there right it's not we don't want to do double redundancies on data entry and things like that um but number two is um is use is user friendly enough that even our most entry level person can come in and utilize it right so we have specific technologies that we that we use and and industry wide i will say like i i have a handful of associates that i work with that don't have any kind of project management software they don't have any kind of crm um, for for managing their customers 
Um, and maybe about the only softwares they utilize might be like an accounting software, QuickBooks. Everybody knows QuickBooks, right? So yeah. if nothing else, we got to keep track of the money. But for us, it's super important to have visibility across all of my staff to what's going on in a project. So we use one particular project management software, very easy to utilize. And the reality is most of the young adults that are coming up are so used to different user interfaces that it's it's very simple for them to come in. If they can work their iPhone, they can work our softwares. And a lot of our software runs off of your iPhone or iPad. And so, um, so it's really important for us to have a technology that everybody has the same visibility. Um, inside of that project management software, you can see daily photos from you know who's doing what out in the field. Um, we can communicate with our subcontractors through it. Our homeowners actually have access to visibility of what's going on in their job. Um, and so ton, ton of value inside of that. Um, from the, the CRM side of it, we utilize um, for all of our customers to be able to um, continue to nurture relationships, right? So we sell somebody a deck and then, you know, maybe three years before they want to add on that outdoor kitchen or, you know, the covered porch or whatever the case may be. So how are we remarketing to them? So we use a CRM that helps us just to kind of nurture those relationships, sends out automated emails and, and things like that. Um, and so that's, that's a huge piece of what we do. Um, and let's see other technology stuff that we utilize. Ultimately, you know, the iPhone is, is your best friend or Android, whatever you want to do, but, um, the, the, the phone itself, just having, and, and it seems super basic, but I'll ask people on an interview, like, what do they use their phone for? Not, it's not just a phone anymore. Right. So how do you, how do you manage yourself utilizing your phone? Um, show me a, show me a picture of your calendar in your phone. Are you actually utilizing the calendar in your app? Now, I get a lot of people aren't, but if they are, it tells me a lot about that person when I'm interviewing them. You know, did you have today's interview in your iPhone calendar? <laughs> yes or no? It's not like a disqualifier, but it's a, it's a, it tells me something about the person I'm talking to. So I, love it. Um, I, I don't love know if that it. answers your question, but you know, yeah. technology wise, we really, really, really pride ourselves on being very efficient um, and, and having people, it makes everybody's life easier mm -hmm. when you have good technology. So. Absolutely. So the guy opens up the iPhones, oh yeah, check out my calendar and oh, and, oh yeah, I got an appointment next week and I'm going to show him this set of uh, uh, videos and uh pictures I took of all the decks I did three months ago, you know, right. <laughs> I might have a nice yeah. side job coming up yeah. is what you're hearing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. Exactly. No, that's perfect. Yeah. And like you said, the technology is huge, specifically even with the younger generation, because it's uh, most likely if they're not on the business side of things, using it for your customers, most likely they have been on the customer service side, you know, uh, already knowing what responses are expected, how the yep. interfaces would work. And they should be able to have that, you know, that basic line of knowledge of, okay, well, I know how to use this and it's just going to be more towards exactly what a legacy Dex is going to be expecting out of, uh, out of yourself and to the customer. So that's great. Right. And, um, and you mentioned that you were hiring on the sales side of, mm -hmm. um, of your company. But also, um, you know, on the unskilled worker, someone that's trying to get into the trades or is new to uh, deck building and, um, and everything that comes with it on that side of the business, um, what, what type of candidates are you looking for right now? And what would you, uh, as a business owner, someone that's been in the industry for so long and yeah. have taken all those steps, what, uh, what, can you, what, what are you looking for and what would you think a, a new employee would want to kind of feel confident in, in having? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. So I, the first thing I'm looking for is, is somebody who's motivated. 
Um, you know, whether or not you know how to build a deck or drive a nail or any of that is, is almost on the bottom of the list. I've got probably half of my staff right now that works for me, works with me, um, had zero construction experience before they came in, which was great for me. And for Canada, I'm looking, I'm, I'm not necessarily looking for somebody with no construction experience, but if you don't have any, that means that everything that you learn will be a direct reflection of what I teach you. And so essentially I'll be crafting someone into the, the craftsman that I'm looking for. Right. And so, so essentially looking for somebody who's motivated, someone that's a good, um, a good cultural fit. Like um, they enjoy, they enjoy the, like Jeff, you mentioned before the uh, finished product of working with your hands. So some of our skills, we actually do some skills testing with our, with our um, uh, people that we're looking to hire. And again, it's not, there's, there's not a, like a disqualifying factor, but if I have, if I asked you to uh, you know, tell me how you would build, you know, this picture. If I give you a picture of a deck, like how, how would you go about just starting it? Like, what do you think would be the first things you do? It just gives me an idea around like, how do they think? And so someone who's not afraid to actually, um, you know, be wrong or make a mistake, but they're, they're willing to be humble enough to come in and learn. So that's, that's, that's a big thing for me. Um, other things that we look for um, would be like, this, this might seem uh, very intangible or hard to put your finger on, but um, when I'm having a conversation with someone, before I even have them come into my office, we'll have a phone conversation just to kind of see what our energy is. And the intangible thing there is like, does, does this feel like somebody that I would probably, you know, hang out on the weekend with if I had some, you know, watch a football game with or whatever? If it doesn't, do I really want to spend 40 or 50 hours a week in the office with them, right? So, um, and that's, you know, again, that's an intangible thing. But for me, those are things that we're looking for. So, so uh, on top of like, whether you have the skills or, or what your background is, as far as skills go, we're ultimately looking for someone that's motivated, um, culturally is a good fit, like a good team player, fits in with the core values, the team, um, and likes to have a good time on top of getting things done. Like those are two things, like, it's, it's one thing to have, like to have a good time, but do they like to get things done just the same? So yeah. like, what are their hobbies? What do they do on the weekend when yeah. they're not working? Well, well, I got a quick question for you on that, Chris. Have you ever tried to test for um, how they handle criticism? No, that's actually, I haven't actually. I'm going to have to take notes on this. How they handle criticism. No. So we, we have um, tested on our core values. So I'll give you an example. One of our core values is is family first, right? Like, it's great that we all work together and do this thing. But like, if you got a family thing come up like that, that takes precedence. And so we test on that by asking them like, hey, tell us, tell us, because you can't really just say, hey, are you a family kind of person? Because, well, of course I am. We'll ask them like, hey, tell me about, tell me about your favorite uh, family or childhood memory, you know, or family holiday memory. And if, and they feel like, oh, like, I, I, I like to spend the holidays by myself. I don't want to go in, you know. So that's kind of how we test on that. But how, how would you, have you tested on, on how they take criticism before? I, ha I haven't really tested it, but, but we've had a lot of employees that have seemed to have a great attitude uh -huh. until that you see them doing something a little bit off. Right. And huh. it's like, hey, Jim, you know, if you would have uh, uh, put your square up there, you know, when used a lighter pencil, you wouldn't have left a big yeah. heavy mark when you're cutting around the post using the, the right. deck board there. And it's like, ah, blah, blah, you know, and just get, and they go off on you. It's like, I've been doing yeah. it this way for 20 years. Well, doesn't mean yeah, you've that's, been that's doing it right for 20 years. I, I don't know how I could. I, I'll tell you this. I did have a, a relevant experience with that this morning. And this is how the gentleman handled it or the person handled the uh, criticism. So I, my, my team had to clean up, clean up from the home show this past weekend. We had a home show in our town. And, yeah. 
Um, you know, they had to break down all like these backdrops and stuff like that. And I got into my office and it was all still sitting in our, in our um, hall, hallway, if you will. And I would start looking in it and all these backdrops and stuff are just shoved in there, like crammed in there. I'm like, man, this is it's all, you know, you got to hold this stuff up nice. So next year it's good when it comes out. Right. Well, so I called him up and I, and I just kind of shared that with him. But uh, as far as like uh, the response that I got back on it, um, he was very, very humble and Hang on, let me find it real quick here. I appreciate the accountability, he says. Sorry that I wasted your time today having to deal with that. Um, I absolutely won't let it happen again. Oh, right? fantastic. And this is something like, Look at that. nobody likes confrontation. Like I get, I personally didn't even want to have to call the guy. I've got five years of, of, of business and personal background with him because he's like, he's like a guy that I hang with, I work out with now. He started off just as an employee, but culturally he's a good fit. So we yeah. live life together now, right? Because mm -hmm. there's, there's not like work and life and, and home life. It's just like life work is part of life. And so, but anyways, all I have to say, I had to call him up and be like, man, who did this and, and what's going on? And like, this is unacceptable. And, and, you know, I did it in a, in a nice way, but still I had to hold him accountable to it. But the fact that he responded with that, cause I, I text him, I say, Hey man, don't beat yourself up over it. And he responded back, you know, won't happen again. I appreciate the accountability. So that's the kind of like, you know, I don't know how I could have tested to find out how he came up <laughs> yeah, yeah, ahead of time, but yeah. if you figure that out, we should, we should, uh, we should write a book or something. Yeah. We got, we got a new uh, <laughs> uh, podcast just on accountability there. And, that's uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that was great responses on both sides. That's good. That's great. Um, you know, on, on how you handle it and even for him to, you know, come back with a response on that part. You know, like you said, that's culturally on within the company. That's uh, that's uh, that's really solid for you, for you to have that relationship with everybody and be able to have a communication key like that. And um, and, it, and I think it's great. You know, just everything that we've talked about. Um, you know, before we kind of uh, wrap it up here today, um, we really wanted to kind of know, you know, on your side, you know, with the history and the experience that you have within the trades of. Um, you know, the main benefits, what are like the main benefits that you can really get working within the trades with your experience um, that you really can't get with other professions? I mean, you mentioned that you worked at uh, Lowe's for a little while. It's still in the home improvement area of, 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 of a company, but it li it's a little bit more corporate and it's a little bit more, uh, um, a lot more corporate, <laughs> a lot more corporate. Yeah. But um, w other than, you know, those type of jobs and possibly what you've heard from family and friends, uh, um, but with your experience, what, what, can, what are the main benefits that you see uh, working in the trades? Um, well, I think it, uh, go back to what I kind of touched on before was like most trades businesses are going to be in that, you know, you know, million to $10 million range. And so you're in a, you're in a container uh, where a lot of times you'll actually have a voice. So one of the benefits would be like, my team has a voice inside of what we do. Do we always do what they want to do? No, but it's a small enough organization that you have that voice so that's 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 one thing um the second thing like i said before again not to keep pointing back but but like you're you're exposed to the inner workings of a business at a super high level um and i guess the last piece the third piece would be just literally that trade and that craft that you're going to put in your arsenal of skills that no matter what happens whether this job works out or not like you're learning something that you can take and 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 start in another position at another company and you'll immediately be able to add, add that value because you learned how to do x y and you learned how to frame a deck or you learned how to you know whatever the case may be in, in whatever trade it is your electrician a plumber like that's a lifelong skill that you're literally being paid 
to learn how to do something that will get you paid, right? How many colleges do you get paid to go to? So, so I think, you know, those couple of things, like just having a voice inside of the company is huge. Um, seeing the inner workings of a company, like I have no idea how Lowe's works because they don't expose you to that while you're there. I know how my department worked. Yeah. Um, and then the third piece, um, obviously, is that lifelong skill that no matter what, I mean, I haven't physically built anything myself personally for the last 10 years. Well, except last night, I had to help my daughter with a <laughs> catapult for her physics high school project, right? Uh -huh. So I had to get the tool belt out. But, but I have that skill. I could go back tomorrow and build decks and make a, a very good living if everything you know, fell apart inside of what I'm doing. So those are some huge pieces I think that are beneficial um, to anybody that's looking to get into the trades um, is they, they really can't take that skill away from you. And uh, you're going to get exposure to... Uh, uh, the inner workings of a business at a level that a lot of people will never actually get the abil ability to see. So absolutely. Very well put Chris. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. All right. So if anybody needs to get a hold of you, Chris, what's the best way to reach yeah, out? Yeah, for sure. So uh, obviously the, the company is legacy decks. You can go to legacy decks.com. Uh, my Instagram is legacy decks and outdoor living. So go check us out on, on Instagram and uh, you know, I'd be happy to answer any questions or if anybody's looking to get into the trades or, or in my area or wants to relocate, like we'll help you relocate. So <laughs> we're actively looking for, we're actively looking for deck builders um, mm -hmm. and we're, we're looking for apprentices to rise up in that field. So, so, um, that's, that's a huge thing for us right so, now. So, so all uh, the California uh, people that are uh, jumping ship and heading, heading east, <laughs> you'll take a couple. <laughs> Yeah, 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 for sure. So, but no, I, I really appreciate you guys having me on for sure. I hope, uh, I hope this uh, adds some value to somebody out there. And if there's anything I can do, um, by all means, uh, uh, I'd love to. Yeah, no doubt. We have no doubt it will, um, especially coming from a different region that we haven't had a chance to uh, speak with about and kind of get to know who you are and your business. I think it's great. Um, so yeah, anybody that's looking to reach out to Chris, you can find his info on thetradespodcast.com. But Chris, again, with Legacy Decks, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Yep, thanks.